Our vision is a world where hygiene is treated as a human right and to change the way the world sees and serves our unhoused neighbors. And the more people that we can get enlisted in our mission, the more access to hygiene there will be throughout the world. The hygiene Chris Kepler is talking about is a nice hot shower. That's something the homeless rarely have. And it's what her California-based organization, Lava May X, is providing to thousands living on the streets of Oakland, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. But Lava May, which is Spanish for wash me, isn't just about hot showers. Yes, they have these cool custom-built shower trucks, which are set up to handle several private showers at a time. But there's more. When a shower truck or a shower trailer shows up in a neighborhood, there are also tables manned by people providing haircuts, job interviews, medical care, meals, legal aid, housing services, and even live music. The mobile shower has become a hub of what Lava May X calls pop-up care villages. Another thing that takes this beyond a simple shower is what Lava May X calls radical hospitality. It's a mentality of forming a relationship with a guest rather than simply making a transaction. Welcome to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step making a better world. I'm Dave Scott. Welcome, Chris. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Chris, when the pandemic started to shut everything down last year, most unhoused people stayed in their encampments. They worried that they risked infection if they sought a shower or went to a shelter. How have you been able to practice your trademark radical hospitality when people are trying to keep their distance from you? When the pandemic hit in March of last year, we had to look at our direct service programs. Um, Those programs include delivering mobile showers in Los Angeles, Oakland, and uh, San Francisco, and as well as our pop-up care villages, which brings many, many people, about 600 people to one location at a time. So we began to assemble COVID uh, hygiene kits. And those are things like not only uh, soap and hand sanitizer and masks, but we also began to add things like water, food, really the essentials and go into camps, encampments and deliver them to our guests and to make check on them and make sure they were okay. Another way to serve that was outside of what we had typically done before. And that's really made an impact is by showing up and continuing to establish a relationship with them and making them know that they're not left behind, that we still care. So that was, uh, that was really important for us to, to stay connected and, and show them our love. That's great. And I and I read somewhere that you actually included notes of love and support within those kits as well. Yes, yes. And what was really important for us, I mean, we spend a lot of time canvassing the neighborhood, seeing where people are, asking them what they need. If if we see somebody that has a dog and we'll say, okay, well, tomorrow I'll come back and bring you dog food to help your dog. You know, a lot of it is just showing up, as I mentioned. But you know, just talking and saying, how are you? What else do you need? Is there any other resources we can we can get you? So it's, uh, it's important to be consistent with where you go so people know you. We're not just showing up one month at a time, you know, this is weekly and, and 
having that consistency and that compassion and establishing that relationship with guests is just, it makes the world of difference. So what did you learn from your response to the pandemic this past year? I mean, are there lessons that your team is carrying forward? You mentioned innovation, but, you know, is there other lessons that you've learned this year? I would say the first thing is really look at what problems are happening now and be nimble and responsive to solving for those as you see them, as it still fits within your mission. One example of that is as we were out there, you know, there was nowhere for you to wash your hands, let alone take a shower or go to the bathroom. And, you know, here we are giving out soap and telling them they need to wash their hands and there's nowhere to do that. And for us, that was one of our big innovations from last year was saying, what can we do? Let's create a, a DIY hand washing. These do-it-yourself hand washing stations were more than just little squirt bottles set up on tables. Since large hand washing stations were in short supply on back order or cost thousands of dollars to rent or buy, the Lava May X team went to work inventing their own low-cost model. The result? 32-gallon trash cans filled with soap solution and a hand pump. And that, Chris told me, was one of the lessons of this past year. Stay nimble and innovate and collaborate. And I asked her what she learned about partnering with other organizations. And she mentioned working with the University of California, San Francisco, or UCSF. What we did is we really reached out to our partners at UCSF and even to in-kind donors and said, what can we do together? And I think UCSF is a great example because their street nursing team tabled with us providing medical care at shower service before the, the pandemic. And then they quickly became our partner to walk on foot into encampments alongside us. And a lot of that is really due to the passion and the persistence of just not leaving your guests behind. In 2019, shortly after the Monitor wrote about Lava May, the organization added an X to their name to symbolize a shift. They decided to emphasize teaching others about radical hospitality for the unhoused. They started by creating a hygiene toolkit to help others. And I asked Chris about what prompted that shift. We had about 4,500 requests for people that wanted us to bring our services to their communities. And that's where we said, there's a huge opportunity to teach others how to do this work and recognize that the best solutions come from the communities themselves. And so as we actually met our impact goal of serving 30,000 Californians uh, about September of 2019, and so that's where we really prompted us to really open up the hood and say, what is our true next step? And with so many requests and so many people who had already downloaded this toolkit, we knew that we had something special to share with others and that the need was so great. And so for us, the next goal is to get other service providers to host and run programs modeled after ours, meaning mobile showers, pop-up care villages, and hand-washing stations to deploy those programs and serve mm -hmm. 100,000 people collectively by 2024. So when you're teaching radical hospitality, and even the nuts and bolts of, of setting up a mobile shower, what are some of the most important lessons that you're sharing? 
Sure. When people are on the streets, they are seen as invisible and their dignity is stripped from them. They are not even seen as humans. And so part of what we do is we teach people how to re rehumanize those that are on the streets. And it really starts with simple, simple things like a hello, how are you, learning their name, how is, you know, how was your day? Uh, so part of it is how you interact with guests and making them feel seen and acknowledged. The second part of that is really training our providers on how to specifically deliver the service in terms of keeping it clean and having hygiene kits and making it feel like it is not a transactional experience. This is all about relationships. And when you approach it from a relational standpoint, then you build that trust and you're able to say, hey, there's this service provider now, like the nurses or uh, food assistants or housing assistants. And it's really a gateway into helping them find other resources that they need because they trust you. So it's it's about really providing a, a dignified human experience. It's just it's just like us, right? That's what I tell everybody all the time. If they're just like us. You go in the shower, <laughs> you feel better when you come out and that really opens up, you know, it just opens up your your mind and a big part of that is the relationship and staying consistent with the service. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and really connecting with guests on a deeper level than just getting them in and getting them out. I want to pick up a, a little bit on that gateway idea, too, because essentially a shower seems like, yes, a, an act of compassion. It's about dignity, but it's also mm, sort of a Band-Aid. And, and I know I read that on your website that the mobile showers help people moving through homelessness. And I love that, that phrasing because the statement just connotes hope. Mm-hmm. It assumes progress. So... Talk about that gateway and how does that your organization support moving through or even out of homelessness? Right. So our main goal is not to end homelessness. I mean, that would be that would be, you know, amazing. But for us, it's about providing that love and hope and giving people the resources to make that next step when they're ready. And so part of that is not only through our our mobile showers, but through our pop-up care villages where you bring service providers from legal to food to housing and say, here's a loving, supportive environment. Here's resources for you to use, but we don't have any control right, if they're going to ultimately get housing or not. But we can bring people together to make that happen and make it accessible instead of having them run to every part of the city to find these resources that are so critical to them. Yeah, that makes total sense. So you're teaching and partnering with organizations around this country and ultimately around the world, but you're still maintaining on-the-ground work in three cities in California. Yes. Why is that on-the-ground effort so important? Oh, it's critical. Staying connected to our guests is critical for us. It's in our DNA. It is what this entire team loves to do is to serve So we didn't want to just say we're teaching and training and not serving. That's just Mm -hmm. not who we are. So that, Mm -hmm. A, it was just critical to stay in touch and help them. The second piece is we needed a way or a vehicle to model radical hospitality to those that we're teaching and training. For us to really be effective, we need to be able to have a place that anybody can visit 
um, in LA or in San Francisco or in Oakland to say, hey, come watch us in action. This is what it looks like. Because for us, when you see it, that's where it clicks. And so it was. it's a very, very important part of the teaching and training process uh, for us to be able to do that and to continue to model this and stay connected. That, that sounds really smart, yeah. You and your team are constantly witnessing great human hardship and mm -hmm. progress can be slow. So how do you personally stay inspired? How do you, like, you and your team personally stay inspired when you're facing these kinds of things? Yeah, it's uh, it's really tough. I will say that it's a very, it's heartbreaking. You know, we are a group of dedicated, passionate people that absolutely love to serve. And every time we're out there, there's always these connections and these smiles and these stories. So this entire team feeds off of, you know, the energy that we get by by serving. And so I feel like when we see them and they smile and you crack a joke with them, it just, it makes our day and we're hoping that it makes theirs. And, and that's a huge driver for us. You, you spend a lot of time with people who are unhoused. What would you say to, what advice could you give to listeners who, when they encounter someone experiencing homelessness, what do you think would be most helpful in that sort of situation? One of the the phrases that I like to use with people is, we're all two paychecks and a crisis away. So I think you have to really take a hard look at when you see something like an encampment or you see somebody on the street, do not assume that they are drug addicted or have mental health issues. They are someone's mother or brother or sister. And you need to be able to empathize with that and say, it could be me, and, and ask, like, do you need anything? Even just looking them in the eye and acknowledging them, I think the number one thing for us is we don't, we don't assume anything. We have zero judgment. We just understand what do you need and how can I help? And don't be afraid to say hello and, and help somebody. For all you know, even a conversation like that could just save them from depression or save them from thinking about committing suicide because it's really, really isolating and lonely. So I know I'm talking about this in a roundabout way, but the number one goal is saying, I, I can see myself in you. What do you need? How can I help? When I asked Chris what her organization is planning for the year ahead, she said they've started working on designing a pop-up shower, innovating and iterating on a simple, inexpensive shower that can be quickly set up in a homeless encampment or at a disaster recovery site. And she talked about a new section of the Lava May X website, a platform where some 400 organizations have already signed up to partner and work together. I think right now what this entire world needs is community and coming together and seeing how we can support one another. And even you asking yourself as an individual, what does community mean to me? And what does that look like? Our vision is a world where hygiene is treated as a human right. And to change the way the world sees and serves our unhoused neighbors. And the more people that we can get enlisted in our mission, the more, the more access to hygiene there will be throughout the world. 
Thank you, Chris. This has been great. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the work you're doing too. Oh, um, it's thank making you. a difference. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate your time as well. Our guest today was Chris Kepler, CEO of Lava May X. What struck me about the work Chris and her team are doing is their emphasis on radical hospitality, that is, treating everyone, especially those without a roof over their heads, with compassion, empathy, and dignity. And here's this week's challenge. Say hello to someone who's experiencing homelessness. You don't have to give them money, just your attention. As Chris said, treat them with respect and a touch of empathy. Talk to them and listen. Then call me and tell me how it went. Call me at 617-450-2410 and leave me a voice message about what happened. That's 617-450-2410. Thanks for listening to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step making a better world. This podcast is produced by the Christian Science Monitor, copyright 2021.